Welcome to Breaking Free. I'm Rania Kurdi, a transformational life coach, comedian, and mother of two. And you can join me weekly to hear some intimate self-reflections and conversations with inspirational friends and guests from all around the world, sharing what they needed to break free from in order to live a life of purpose. Today on Breaking Free, I'll be talking about bullying with Lisa Hunter, and I must warn you that we will be covering the sensitive topic of suicide within this episode. Lisa was born and raised in South Africa before moving to the UK in 2001, and after suffering bullying herself at school, she decided she wanted to make a difference and help others. Today we'll find out more about how she founded Robert's Wish and started a podcast called Seen and Heard. Hi Lisa, how are you today? I'm very good, thank you. How are you? It's good to have you here to talk about such an important topic, bullying, which so many children are going through, and adults. I understand that you had a lot of bullying in your childhood and also in the workplace. Could you tell us a little bit about it and how that led you to start a foundation to help others? Absolutely. Yes, so I was bullied at school, um, in high school particularly. We we moved um, from Johannesburg down to, to Durban um, at a, a difficult age. I was 16. Um, my last three years of school, I was subjected to a, a fair amount of bullying from, from fellow students, mainly because um, I came from Johannesburg. I sounded slightly different. Um, and it, it was just an excuse for them to, you know, to be nasty. Um, it was quite relentless. It was a lot of verbal bullying, um, some physical where I, you know, was pushed around. Um, so it was very difficult. It, it was really not a very happy period for me. Um, but thankfully, I, I had the support of a, of a teacher of mine who um, I credit for literally saving my life. Uh, if it weren't for her being there for me, uh, listening to me, giving me a, a safe place to, to go and to just, um, you know, talk to her and to bounce things off her and just knowing that someone was there for me, um, other than my, you know, my mom and dad, it was it was very helpful, um, and I credit her for putting me on the road that I am now. Um, definitely, it, it had an impact on me. So um, it's it was with me for, for for many many years. It still is today. But then I, I experienced some bullying in the workplace, um, and it wasn't your classical um straightforward bullying it was very much um you know bullying from a senior member of of management who um was literally saying you know if you don't do this um you know you'll get fired uh was collecting information on my actual boss because they wanted to build a case to fire her so they were bullying me into trying to collect that information um making my life very very difficult um it wasn't in my home country it wasn't in my it wasn't in the UK it was in the US when I was there for three years so it was a difficult difficult period um and I think those two experiences um on its own really made me quite passionate about bullying and helping those who've been bullied um being there being a listening ear just being a soundboard for people really um but it was really what happened to my friend Robert who the, the charity's named after that really pushed me into to doing um, something more substantial, more significant, which is, you know, what Robert's Wish is about now is our mission is having that listening ear, being a safe, confidential, uh, non-judgmental platform for discussion and 
about bullying to help those who, who are going through it. Um, that's really what what put me on the path as well. So it's, it's a combination of the two, I'd say. Mm. We'll definitely talk about Robert's wish and what um, you are hoping to do with that. But your own childhood, how did you actually deal with the bullying other than telling a teacher? You seem to um, have had the courage to tell your parents. A lot of children don't tell their parents. Did you feel shame or or like any of it was your fault, which children do tend to feel sometimes. What were the emotions that you were going through and how did you have that sort of confidence or, or faith that if you told somebody, something would be done about it? Well, I think it, it was, um, you know, soul-destroying, to be perfectly honest. Um, it was very difficult. I am very fortunate in that, um, you know, I had two very loving parents who didn't know how to deal with what I was telling them. Um, my, my mom didn't know what she could do to help other than, you know, just make sure that, that I was okay. Um, uh, and, and my dad, um, unfortunately being typical South African, uh, male, he, he buried his head in the sand. So it was really just the teacher at school who, um, she actually sought me out. Um, she was my biology teacher and saw sort of my grades go <laughs> south um, and and confronted me to find out what was going on, and it just it it just came out. It was just uh, uh, you know like a mini break of um, of just blurting everything that was going on out. She could also see what was happening, mm. um, and unfortunately, the school did did nothing as a whole. Um, these these girls got away with it. Um, I wasn't the only one that they targeted, but um, it was significant enough for for me to you know contemplate ending ending my life. Um, so it was it was pretty pretty bad. Um, how I got through it was, you know, my faith, um, and I had you know my my mom and my dad and my younger sister who were, in their own way, they were there for me. They were um, you know supportive in their own ways, and also you know my my I had a few very good friends as well who helped, um, not particularly with the bullying, but that helped you know take my mind off it. Um, my, my best friend, I've known him since we were three years old. He, he still was in Johannesburg and, you know, he used to be on the phone to me for hours, me just talking to him and him giving me advice and, and um, just listening to what I had to say. Um, he also was subjected to quite harsh bullying at high school. So the two of us sort of built a, a little mini community and used to talk to each other and mm. give each other advice and, and help each other that way. And, and I think that really helped help me through it. Yeah. So did you have that from a young age all the way until graduation? The bullying was from 16 and so for the last three years of school when I, when I moved schools, um, having gone from a community that I was, you know, raised in, I knew people from birth to not knowing anyone um, and going in at a very difficult age. My, my sister was one year, she's two years younger than me, but she was one year behind me at school and, and she had no problem at all. Um, but I had significant issues. So um, it was just one of those one of those awkward awkward times, I think. Mm. Um, since then, some of the girls have apologized. Some of them haven't. Um, but it, it's uh, just something that I, I try to use as as fuel and and to help others. How did that happen? That the girls apologized. How did you get back in contact? Did you seek them out? Um, a couple of them came up to me. Um, this was you know, once I was in university for, you know, one or two years. Um, I also lost my father 
just after I'd finished school. So I think they sort of realized a little bit about what, what it was doing. They could see the, the impact of everything. Um, and a couple of them belonged to the same church. Mm. So um, that, that helped. Did they know that you were close to taking your own life? I, I contemplated it. I, I think the thought crossed my mind, but that's as far as it got. Mm. You know, I'd, I'd, I'd had a few people by that stage take their own lives for one or you know, another reason. A very good friend of mine's mom took her life. So I saw the devastation that it left behind. But when you're in such a low place, um, you don't feel like you've got any you know, no one, no one to talk to really other than, you know, I had my biology teacher, which was fantastic, but she wasn't, she was, she wasn't around all the time. Um, and at, the, at that stage, you know, there wasn't any social media um, or anything like that, but even the school counselor um, told me it was in my, it was in my, in my mind. Mm. Um, so she wasn't all that, that good about it. It was, it was difficult. It was, it was a difficult time, but one that, I don't dwell on too much. I think I just use what happened and the the lessons that I learned to um, to, to to help others now. And, and to be honest, the bullying that takes place today is, you know, relentless. I could at least go home and shut the door. I didn't have it twenty four seven. Yeah. Now with cyberbullying, it never stops. You no, know, cyberbullying is is wow. Well, it's on the it's on the the rise. It's it's vicious. It's dangerous. It's uh, probably one of the the most destructive types of bullying. And there are many types of bullying, but that I think I've seen the most devastation from cyberbullying. Mm. And I think the word bullying isn't harsh enough for us to take it so seriously that it actually leads to a lot of deaths. It leads to a lot of trauma that um, stays with you the rest of your life and can lead to depression and bad partnerships and all sorts of things. And I think the word bullying just sounds like it's so light, you know, someone pushing you around a little bit. But it's far more than that. Oh, yes. So, Lisa, what sort of things are you able to do now? Do you find that help others who are being bullied that you wished you would have had then? I think for me, it's it's been um, Talking to different people about the experiences, what worked for them, you know, how, how did they deal with it? Because, um, you know, there's a, you know, there's there's this thought that bullying is sort of the um, a rite of, of passage to adulthood, which is complete rubbish. There are so many, as you said, so many different types of bullying um, that take place. And for me, it was about listening to the experiences, just being a listening ear for those people that were, you know, going through the different types of bullying. Um, I've done a lot of work with LGBTQ youth um, and parents on on trying to help them navigate um, ways through um, you know different challenges that they've met, um, including a lot of bullying and and it's it's referring them to resources that can help them. So for example, in the US, you know, I was doing a lot of work with the Trevor Project, so referring a lot of people to their services, which are incredible. But listening to them, listening and Getting other people's experiences and getting people to listen to those experiences helps because what one person did might resonate with someone who's listening um, to help them. You know, different different experiences, different. You know, this is how I cope. This is this is what happened. Can help somebody who's listening because it's not you know you've got to do A B C. That that doesn't work. Uh, mm. It clearly doesn't work because otherwise bullying would no longer be with us. But it is, and in fact, it's getting worse. So it's 
that sharing of, ex of experiences, just sharing my experience on, on what I did with, you know, with the teacher and, and later on with the workplace has, has helped people. I've had people email in and say, you know, that really helped. What you did really helped. Um, or talking to someone else and, and hearing their experience really helped. So it's, it's a combination of making sure that the correct resources are there. There are some fantastic organizations who are trained to, to help, whether it be it counseling or whatever it may be but also about having that discussion, talking about the different, different ways that others have coped. Because you, someone who's listening can pick different pieces of, of that that resonate with them to help them themselves. So Lisa, what are some of the ways that helped? Possibly someone listening could find them helpful. So if you think about the different types that are going on, um, this is for cyberbullying and for bullying at school, or, is to find somebody um, you trust um, and adults to to talk to um i know it's it's a it's a, a one that that has been um criticized quite a lot but in my experience finding that person you can trust and talking to them um can really help that it helped me um having that that person feeling heard and not so alone um talking to others who are experiencing bullying so um you'll often find that there's communities on, on social media, where it be Facebook or, or even Twitter, where there are uh, these communities of, of youth um, who experience bullying and, and they can talk to each other and feel like they're, they're being heard and, and get their advice from someone who's experienced something. That's, that's definitely helped. In the workplace, it's a little bit more tricky because it really depends on you know, whether that organization has a, um, an airtight, um, effective anti-bullying policy. And not all organizations organizations have that um, so it's it's again with me it was it was talking to um, HR finding out there weren't going to be much help at all um, and then you know talking to professional bodies that that helped me navigate my way through how, how to deal with it what to do um, not only from a practical standpoint but from an emotional standpoint because it really did affect me um, and and talking about it not not bottling it up um, so I I'm, I'm not shy in saying I had counseling and uh, spoke to someone, spoke to someone about, you know, who was trained in, in workplace bullying and it, it helped me tremendously. Yeah, I understand in the workplace, you can perhaps know what your rights are, talk to a lawyer, you know, take things further um, that can yeah. empower you to know what's, what's okay, what isn't okay and argue it as an adult. Mm -hmm. However, as a child in a school, you know, what can you do about it other than talk to someone, hoping that the adult will take action and stop it? So let's say you did have someone to talk to. How can that change the struggle that you have on a daily basis? Is there nothing else that some some people have found that have helped them, whether it be um, self-defense or or working on confidence or getting a group of friends together so that they're in a group always, you know, mm -hmm. anything like that, that could be helpful. It, it is very individual, either talking to a teacher, which admittingly doesn't always, doesn't always work um, because that teacher needs to be able to take action and that action needs to be relevant and, and felt. Um, but when you're in a situation where you don't feel like you're being, you know, heard by the teacher or by the school, you know, that, that having that peer support, having that community that you can talk to. I think the worst thing that I hear when I speak to, to people who've been bullied is that they feel so alone. There's, you know, it's a dark place. So trying to 
do as much as possible to have a more of a, a community where you can talk if it's a peer group absolutely talking to them about self-defense and safety tips not you know not being on your own but also you know there's there's other elements of of working on making sure that that person's confidence is protected their self-esteem is protected as much as these bullies are as vile as they are you know it's almost building an armor around yourself to to, to ensure that you know you as much as possible um, can protect yourself that's not always easy because you've got to have supportive community you've got to have supportive parents and so often these days that's that's just not around so it, it is it is a difficult one but what I found is just by talking about it and being being there to for them to express themselves you know anonymously they don't have to tell me who they are they don't have to you know, it's just telling me what how they're feeling and it's acknowledging, yes, I know you feel you're upset and I know that you're in a dark place, but we are here for you and, and giving them the resource. So, you know, referring them to the Anti-Bullying Alliance who've got, you know, a lot of resource or um, Bullying Pro, it, it definitely does help um, because they, A, you can make sure that they're referred to professional help, but they've got a place where they can feel that they can talk that they can feel heard um, and listen to other people's advice, professional advice. So that that's really what we want to do from a Robert's Wish perspective is, is, to, is to be that, that platform. Yeah. Can you tell us about Robert's Wish, Lisa? How did that start? And was Robert a friend of yours? Yes, of course. So Robert's Wish really started around 2015. Um, my very good friend, Robert, I grew up with him in South Africa. He... Um, he came out, uh, you know, he came out gay in, in, you know, he was about 34, 35 at the time. And he was met with a barrage of abuse, bullying, rejection, his family, his friends, they turned their back on him. He was a, you know, a very um, successful accountant. His career came to a halt. It was, it was just a very, very negative experience for him. And the bullying that he experienced from you know from friends from from the community that he grew up in was was relentless and he you know he looked for resource to help him unfortunately there was wasn't any local in in South Africa to where he lived he looked you know internationally he couldn't he couldn't really find anything that that was suitable for him nowhere to talk nowhere to you know get some advice or, or to feel like he wasn't so alone and he found a, a, a U.S. drama called The Fosters on, on YouTube, funny enough. And, and this was about, you know, positive reinforcement. It was about being, you know, DNA doesn't make a family, but love does. Very positive reinforcement that he, he needed at the time. Um, and this TV program, this drama, was very successful in the U.S. amongst the LGBTQ community and amongst those, those people that were bullied. And... He, he loved it. He, 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 he was always talking about this, this TV drama. It had a big impact on him, but it wasn't constant enough in his life. And the bullying just, just got too much for him. And he ended up actually taking his own life because of it. And one of his last wishes was for someone to do something. If, if, if his story could help one person, then, you know, that, 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 was, that was good enough. He, he really wanted to make sure that he, no one else had to experience the loneliness and the dark darkness that he did unfortunately Robert is one of many Roberts if you can say that there are millions of Roberts around that take their own life because of the bullying for whatever reason they're bullied for but it's just so devastatingly sad that 
they feel that they've got no other avenue but to take their lives. So Robert's wish is not just about my Robert, but it's about all the Roberts that are out there who've, who've lost their lives and to try and make sure that, you know, others don't, don't feel as, as isolated mm. and as alone that that's their only option. That's so sad that in this day and age, someone can be bullied as an adult to that degree of them not accepting, you know, differences. We're all different in every way, whether it's our voice, our look, uh, what we like, what we dislike, our sexuality, our, our gender. And if it doesn't fit one particular picture, it makes other people feel so fearful that they can push you that far that you can take your own life. It's just so sad that that happens in this day and age and that Robert had to go through that and, and your loss as well of a close friend. Yes, it's devastating. Even in our media, the media have got such a huge part to play in what goes on. And, um, you know, that the narrative that they feed, it, it, it's damning. It's just, it's, it's just wrong. Um, so instead of, you know, try getting all you know, wound up with the negativity. It's trying to find some positive, you know, some positive way to, to, to help them in whatever shape, way, shape or form. Um, I'm not saying Robert's Wish we're ever going to, you know, completely do away with bullying, but the aim is really just to, just to, to be a listening ear, as I said, but also to um, help people find ways to, to, to deal with it. And, you know, with Robert's Wish, we don't only talk about the bully, the bullying but we talk about the bully as well mm. because there's a deep-rooted reason why that person's a bully exactly so it's mm. a, it's really about addressing why is that person a bully is it because they're being bullied at home is it because they've got a deep-rooted issue um that they're you know embarrassed about so they may as well pick on someone else to divert their attention what, what is it so it's not only talking about the person who's been bullied but the bully themselves yeah i think it would be amazing to have a platform for bullies to be able to to speak and to share openly as well, to have that healing and find other ways other than bullying, because I'm sure there's an underlying guilt and fear that's going along with it, that if they had an opportunity to, to speak and to be listened to, it might lessen the bullying and taking it out on others and then bringing, you know, both communities together sometimes to talk. Do you ever have that with Robert's Wish? Has that ever happened? We've never brought them together. Mm. Um, I have um, I have spoken with um, bullies before. Yeah. Um, and, you know, tried to understand the, the, the root of what's going on. Now that we're, you know, in a, we've, we've sort of restructured as, a, as an organisation, we, we do plan to, to talk to the bullies. Um, to have some sort of a, a conversation running with them and then to understand a little bit, you know, why. Um, I think that's really relevant when it comes to, you know, face-to-face um, -face bullying or if you can call it traditional bullying. When it comes to cyberbullying, to a degree, you can discuss it with the bully. But when it comes to trolling, I think that's a different conversation. I think that's a different, mm. different approach because, you know, trolls are, you know, they hide behind a, a username. Yeah. And within the LGBTQ community um, and the teens specifically, uh, are they struggling the most with peers, people at school, or is it from family and community? 
it's a bit of both. In some instances, it's it's trying to fit into your your peer group and and you know be your authentic self. But there's also a lot of um, in their community and, and specifically parents. I think um, you know the most single most important conversation and response is when your child is coming out to you. They are terrified and. The, the, the advice I give parents is your response is going to speak volumes. That is probably the most important response you'll ever have is when your child is sitting there telling you who they are. And, and you're, you're, you've, it's incredibly important as to how you respond. Um, and I, I've seen it go both ways unfortunately more negatively than positively which is incredibly incredibly sad but the you know the bullying from an lgbtq parenting standpoint is is devastating i think because those are the people that you would think would be on your side no matter what yeah they are the people who have known you since you were born who know every trait about you every characteristic and your sexuality or your sexual preference should not change any of that it's it's the parents own fears their own judgment their own beliefs that have made those reactions but I think as parents as the adult we need to be so aware of those and not let those take over what's the most important part which is a love for our child no matter what Mm -hmm. absolutely and um, it's it unfortunately it doesn't always happen like that you know I have a one-year-old and if she came to me one day and said mom you know I'm, you know, whatever, as long as you're um, healthy and you're happy and you're, you know, what more can I ask for? Definitely. I've been brought up in the Middle East and it's still uh, very difficult there. Um, and some have braved it to to just be their authentic self, you know, with acceptance or no acceptance. And in the end, they, they do have their own tribe and receive acceptance from parents at times and, and the community around them, which mm-hmm. has been beautiful to see. But it takes a lot of courage, a lot of courage to fight against all of that. And um, I think as parents, we think we want our child's happiness. However, we assume we know what would make them happy. You know, we assume that if you're straight, you'll be happier. If you get married, you'll be happier. If you have a good nine to five job that makes lots of money, you'll be happier. Those rules aren't applicable to absolutely everybody. You know, so many people have that and are, are depressed and have burnout and are unhappy in their lives. So it's letting go of of what we think will make our child happy. And in the end, we upset them and give them more pain by forcing them to conform. Yes, uh, I mean, it, it is. I'm, I'm um, you know, I'm a single single mom by choice, and my daughter is my little miracle. But when I announced to my family this is what I was going to do, you know, their automatic reaction was, "But you're not, you're not married. You, you know, you can't, you can't do that." I'm like, "Why not?" Um, and it took my mom particularly a, a little bit of time, and, and my sister to a certain degree, to get their heads around single mom by choice they wanted me to be happy and and they have been huge support to me but because they had something in their mind about the sequence of how it should be it did take them a little bit of time and and that's just and that's nothing compared to what um 
what, what kids, you know, youth and who are coming out, you know, experience. Mm. Why we just need to make sure that as a community, um, we're always there for, for people um, whenever that whenever they need. They don't have to be, you know, blood. I'm, I'm a big advocate of DNA doesn't make a family, but love does. So, you know, open arms. I'll always be there for somebody who, who needs um, some support no matter what. That's beautiful, Lisa. And you have a platform um, on a fa- on Facebook, a Facebook community for Robert's Wish. You have a website now and you're soon to start a podcast, I understand. So there's so many different platforms that people can find out more or find a community and get some help or talk and be listened to. Could you tell us a little bit about where they can go to find you? Absolutely. So yes, we have a we have a Facebook page. We have a Instagram at Robert's Wish. Um, we've also got a, a podcast called Seen and Heard with Lisa Hunter. So that's myself. We where we talk about different types of bullying. Um, we have a discussion. We'll be having various guests come on and talk to us about their experiences. We, we want to keep that conversation going. And myself um, and um, a co-host who's going to be working with me, um, Amanda Atwood who will be talking to to people on the podcast. Um, So we'll be launching episodes very shortly. We have a website, um, robertswish.com. It's also got a resource library. So if you're looking for just some extra help, some organizations in the UK, and we've got some from the US, we've got a vast amount of resource out there that that, that are fantastic, that can help and offer counseling and that professional help that's needed. But it's just very difficult to find. So it's about trying to help and connect the dots with um, with these organizations. So that that's really what we're what we're doing. And we're going to continue to talk and we're going to continue to to share and push the, the narrative out there. And that's all that we want. Thank you so much, Lisa. You're a beautiful example of someone who's gone through that pain but has come out the other side helping people rather than blaming or taking it out on anyone else and living an authentic life the way that you want to live it and I hope that that would be an example to a lot of people listening to have hope and to reach out and start talking start speaking up and finding their tribe and finding power in that and hope in that thank you so much thank you very much for having me it's been wonderful talking to you thanks for listening if you enjoyed this episode of breaking free please share it with your friends or on your social media platforms. And of course, I'd really love it if you can subscribe, rate or review the show. You can reach me directly at raniacurdy.com if you would like to ask a question, comment on what you heard today or find out how I can support you on your journey.